You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. This afternoon, we're focusing on journaling, a masterclass on journaling. Um, you may not be someone who journals. And if you're not, we're really going to outline the benefits, the order, the organization that it provides. There are different types of journaling, by the way, not just one sort. Maybe you're imagining a dear diary kind of journaling. There's so many different types and we'll take a look at them. Perhaps there's one that suits you. Um, and it's a habit that many people have adopted during this lockdown and COVID-19 uh, period because it, with very little to do or with needing to stay put, stay at home, stay safe. Um, it, it has meant a lot more time to reflect, a lot more time for us to go inwards. And working with uh, going inwards also involves journaling our thoughts and our emotions and all the things that uh, come up and that can produce better organization and a whole lot of other benefits that uh, we'll, we'll be talking about in a moment. And so joining us for this masterclass is clinical psychologist, Dr. Colinda Linda. And um, she's actually going to be doing this masterclass um, on the 13th of March, um, a, a workshop, in fact, that involves a whole lot more on the 13th of March. Um, so if this is enough of a tease for you, you can go and immerse yourself even more into that virtual masterclass on the 13th. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Colinda. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yes, great to be with you. Ah, journaling. Um, are you big on journaling? You know, I always have since I was young, mm-hmm. and I was actually quite surprised. It's exactly what you were saying. I didn't realize that people journal as much as all that. And I think definitely it's something we've done to keep sane, you know, through this period now. Um, as we say, if you can't go out, you may as well go in. So there are yeah. a lot of reasons why we journal, and I think we definitely needed it over this last 12 months, haven't we? Mm, mm, it's almost imposed on us. So how would you, yeah. how do we define it? Because there are different types, though, but... What yes. is what is journaling for anyone who hasn't really uh, come across this this concept? Well, you know, journaling we, we do it for many reasons, and there are different kinds. So I'll talk about a few of them as we go. Mm-hmm. So one of them is called bullet journaling, and that's something I actually didn't know about. But Shirley, who does the, the workshops with me, actually is an expert at that, and I've been doing it of late, and it works quite nicely. So I'll talk more about that later. Then there's dream journaling, which is a very popular one. And um, often when you've had a dream and you want to make sense of it or not forget it, that's very useful. One of my favorites. And then the journaling that probably we know about more is, I'll call it the introspection. You know, where we just, something important comes up and we want to remember it. Or um, I also call it catching, containing and creating. So, you know, some people, they just want to catch and contain important things that have happened, like a beautiful evening or a very special event. And I think especially in the COVID time, it's incredibly important, you know, a year later, and where are we? So I think this month, there's a lot of journey going on. You know, who am I 12 months later? So a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that I saw happen quite a lot over the last year was the creating one, you know. Um, we've got to come up with a new plan. So it's almost like doodling, writing thoughts, brainstorming. And then definitely the bullet journaling, we did this workshop a few weeks ago and people loved that particular aspect because they just felt chaotic. <laughs> and they just said it helped to put them you know, back into order. 
So these are all the different kinds of journaling. Right. And of course, psychologists, you know, often will ask our clients to just keep a diary. You, know, mm, mm. you can think of that as a journal too. Yes, that can be quite useful. In fact, I mentioned that as a, a tool that psychologists also use to help their patients work through um, certain issues or uh, just get more clarity on a particular matter or the emotions that they're feeling. We're going to take a break because this line constantly cuts while we're speaking to you, Kalinda. So let's do that. Let's take a quick break while we uh, set you up in a different kind of way because um, it doesn't make for smooth listening if every uh, sentence, every second sentence is cut. So Let's do that. And then I want, I want to also hear from you about your journaling stories. Um, how long have you been journaling? What type have you turned to? Which one has helped to give you better clarity, uh, better organization? In fact, as we've been hearing from Kalinda, there are lots of different types. When she mentioned the dream journaling, I was reminded of the um, conversation we had earlier in the week about dreams. I can distinctly remember Prince's call. Prince, I hope you're listening. Prince from Bedford View, because you're going to need to listen to that dream journaling section um, after you shared how bizarre your dreams tend to be. And this might help you. So let's take a break and come back to our masterclass this afternoon. 702 Masterclass. And we're back, as you've noted earlier um, in your WhatsApps. Some of you are letting us know about uh, just the poor sound quality from the link we had earlier on. But we've reset up uh, Dr. Kalinda Linda, and she's a clinical psychologist, as we focus on journaling. There's so many different types that we'll be unpacking as part of this masterclass. And who knows, maybe one suits you best. Kalinda, great to uh, uh, have you back again. Hopefully this line yeah. is without the pauses. We were just getting too many pauses, um, as yeah. it can sometimes yeah. glitch. But let's look at uh, journaling and its benefits from a, from a mental health perspective. Mm. Mm. Okay, so I think as I said earlier, I don't know if that was heard or not, but we can't go out, so we may as well go in. And yes, I know we're on level one now, but I think we're also a little bit careful. Mm. So if we look at this last year, you know, we've never had a year like this. And um, people have always talked about the VUCA world and all sorts of things, but I came across an acronym called the NUTS world, and I think this is the context. It's novel, there's uncertainty, there's a high level of threat, and we have a sense that we're not in control. And this is where we can actually, we can use journaling, firstly, to just almost, uh, shall I say, honor the experience of what has happened to us. You know, we've had this insane 12 months, and just to get it out, it's like almost you sneeze it out as opposed to keep it in unless you're sick. But, um, you know, getting it out and just making sense of it on a piece of paper versus in your head. Mm. So that's the one thing. The next thing is to actually introspect a bit. So from a mental health perspective, when everything feels like it's going nuts and we can actually write to slow it down, mm-hmm. you know, get it down on a piece of paper, you can then quite quickly start to see themes. You know, like, and that's often what therapists look for. You know, do we see a theme of where there's a lot of despair? Um, are you more anxious than other people? You know, and you can see it yourself when you're writing that, oh, I'm, I'm kind of catastrophizing quite a lot or the, the actual language I'm using is quite dark. You know, like that sort of thing. Mm. So when you get it out, you can actually do something with it. So I think that's probably the first step. The second one is to make sense of and, um, you know, that's, again, where you can bring some of your dreams or your thoughts or your worries into a therapy context yeah. or even looking at them yourself. It makes it a lot easier to actually get a handle on them. And then, of course, the bullet journey we'll talk about a little bit later, I think, um, to make, you know, much more order in your life. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, f- from a mental health perspective, it's clearly a very healthy practice, you know, to have a space where you can confess your struggles, your fears, yeah. uh, without judgment as well, because it's you yeah. and your own experiences or even punishment or to even, as you said, recognize patterns. I think that's so important. Yeah. I was sharing with Clement when I mentioned that this is what we'll be talking about, that I found an old journal and I was quite chuffed to see that the certain areas of interests, passions and so on that have been consistent, you know, things that I've loved for many, very many, many years, you know, uh, and it was comforting to be able to see that, uh, uh, that those are truly intrinsic then, that it's just really exactly. who I am. See, now that's lovely because the thing is when you look back, one can look back sentimentally and I think that's wonderful, especially when there's so much negative going on around us. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is also exactly as you said, you know, what am I still and where have I changed? And, you know, sometimes we change for the worse because there is this cult of happiness going around. Everybody must be happy, smiley, smiley. But, you know, sometimes we actually need a reality test. Mm -hmm. So if you look back on a journal, say, you know, whoever, 10 years ago, and you feel, well, I was very spontaneous then, I was freer, I didn't judge myself as much, and goodness, look at my journals now. You know, very, very helpful. And then you can start taking action to reset yourself. Yes. Let's go to Trish, who's called us from Randburg. Afternoon, Trish. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Trish? I'm well, thanks. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm so happy you're talking about this topic because journaling has been close to my heart since I was like a little girl in primary school. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yeah, so I have all these journals through um, primary school, through high school. Um, and sometimes I call my friends up and um, tell them that this is what I wrote about <laughs> you 15 years ago. <laughs> and this is what we're getting up to. And um, they've helped me get through deaths in the family, through heartbreaks, through so many um, transitional times in my life. Um, and I even still have my mom's journals as well. Oh. But I've never, yeah, she used to journal, but I've never read them because I'm too scared. Mm, mm, that's such an interesting one, Trish. <laughs> such an interesting one. Thank you for sharing. I just love um, the memories that you captured. So many memories. It's like a way of documenting your own life. You know that there was a time yeah. when I thought this way, or my politics was X, or oh, look at how that relationship worked out, or how it affected me. So it's a wonderful way of documenting one's life, and you've done yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I, and I hope that I can actually leave my journals uh, for my kids and maybe my grandkids, who knows. Yes, to give more depth to this person that they just see as mom. That there was a time when she was hot, sassy, sexy, crazy, adventurous, <laughs> all of that. Thank you, Trish. Exactly. All right, sure. What a lovely, um, that's still so lovely that this is what she's done yeah. all these years. Yeah, she actually, um, she's mentioned it in the One Direction, which is where she's doing her own journey and she's got her mom's. And um, the other way that you can do it, recently I was chatting to somebody who lost a grandparent and um, somebody who was very close and very important in his life and, you know, who almost was his mom. And he's now started journeying to kind of honor who she was. And she was exactly what you described. She wore her red lipstick all the way through the 1940s to now. 
and you know she was sassy she was all of that and and he's journaling you know a few times a week just to know oh well today this reminded me of gran and it reminds me to be bold and then you know the next week well that reminds me mm. and i miss this about her and it, it's a phenomenal tool and you can use it in all sorts of ways there's no one size fits all what a way of honoring loved ones and just mm. keeping their memory alive you know this speaks yes. to grief as well the fact that yeah. we're expected to get over it but in fact how we can work through it or, or, or deal with grief is exactly this kind of exercise to uh, pay this kind of honor and respect to uh, the person that we loved that now suddenly isn't there so they get to play a part have a place in our lives yes mm. yeah. so Kalinda, let's uh, look yes go ahead i just want you to say um something that comes to mind while listening now is that we, we in a way are in a sea of language and that's what it actually, journaling is about that, you know. Like if you say to a fish, what is your medium that you're in? It would probably, well, it wouldn't know that it's in water because it's used to water. If you said to a bird, you know, what's your medium, which is air, it probably wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And if you said to a human, well, we go all over, but actually our medium is language. You know, so words create our reality, don't they? Yeah. So they, they create our inner states and how we remember things and how we see things and the words that we attach to things become that experience. Mm. For example, in this last year, you know, that we've had many losses, but we've also had hidden gifts like that. Mm. And I think that's the important thing, that journeying is all about that sea of language. So it's whether we're using it to make sense of our internal language that's a bit wild, or maybe we're using more the bullet journaling to make order or dreams, you know, a very distressing dream in the writing, it actually, we slow it down. Yes. And um, it just gives you more control. So I just love that phrase, that we're in a sea of language. Heard that some time ago and it stuck with me. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Let's actually look at the bullet journaling because our thoughts can be like a bowl of spaghetti and it Uh sounds like it's the sort of thing that we can do to just organize things a little bit better. Yes, yes. Well, it came from somebody called Ryder Carroll, and he tried to get himself a method of organizing himself. He was in college, and this was in the late 1990s, and he was diagnosed with ADD as a child, and he decided he wanted to create some sort of system to just help him move past his learning disabilities. So he came up with this thing called the bullet journaling method, or Bujo, Mm. which just sounds quite fun anyway. So... He didn't do just blank pages, you know, just that writing, writing. He actually made sections and he had certain things to log his to-dos and keep certain calendars or a month at a glance or a monthly spread. And this is one of the workshops. This is, in fact, the one we're doing on the 13th. Mm -hmm. And you can make it beautiful as well. There can be gratitude logs and there can be trackers, um, gratitude jar even or there's a brain dump section for all your kind of you know light bulb ideas at two in the morning yeah so we we use this one quite a lot in psychology to track things like how you're feeling physically energy wise mood wise that sort of thing and then you can put goals in you know there's so many things that you can put in there grocery lists etc and then the goals and the steps that you want to take each day and this worked for him no, wow. So, so let me visualize this. If I visualize yes. this, what you just have your, your journal and yeah. you organize it into different sections. Yes. 
Right. And the different sections, as you said, could be the to-do list for the day, how you're feeling, where you are emotionally. If you do an emotional check-in, um, you said a gratitude section as well can be added yes. there. Um, just yes. ideas that drop in. So the brain dump section. So yes. Th- uh, yes. these are the possible sections you can have. And every day you just kind of jot note under each if there is anything. Yes, wow. exactly. And, you know, we like order. Even if people are creative and they're fluid, well, we still like to have some degree of order. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll see some people's journals when we do this one, um, it'll be very creative and little doodles and all sorts of things. And say the gratitude jar will be an actual jar. Other right. people just prefer to lift it from one to ten every day. Right. And, but the point is, is that it gives you kind of an order. You know, it gives you sections. And you plan it at the beginning of the month. So this is your monthly spread. And you can do it across however many pages. Mm. So it's actually quite fun because it just sets you up for the month. Nice. You know, all your trackers and appointments. And I love the brain dump because, you know, you, normally there are little bits of paper that are somewhere around the house. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in one section in your budo, at least you know where you can go and find it. <laughs> no, I decided to start a, an ideas journal. Just like if yes. anything pops that I think, oh, maybe that could work. Put it in exactly. there because uh, exactly. I realize that some ideas need to leave your head and maybe you need to keep them somewhere before you forget them. Uh, we'll yes. be taking headlines in a short while, but Nolene, I thought we should take your call now as well because I suspect that many people can relate. Hi. Hi, Isa. Welcome, Nolene. Thank you very much. So my, my question is, how do I motivate myself to stick with it? I've started journaling probably six or seven times during the course of my life and after a few months it just kind of falls by the wayside and I've I've half empty journal books lying around the house and and I'm frustrated because I I get get started and I'm so eager to go and then I miss a day then I miss a week and then I miss a month and then I kind of just give up because I've lost out too much information. How does she overcome this, Colinda? And does it have to be systematic daily with that kind of meticulousness and consistency? You know, it doesn't. It's got to be yeah. fun and it's got to feel good. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. So um, if you think about bullet journaling, some people like that sort of structure and order. So I do that sometimes when there's phases, when there's a particular project, maybe for a few months. But my preferred one is just to have a beautiful book. I always have to have a pretty book and a nice pen. Mm. And it lives in my bedside drawer. And so some people say you must journal every day. Well, you know, in my life it doesn't work like that. I'm a working mom. No. So I go through phases. So the one time where it could be useful to journal would be if you're not feeling good. You know, say you, you notice there's a particular mood change and you're either very anxious or you're worrying a lot or you're just not sleeping well. So if there's a symptom like that, it's a very good idea to journal. And then the other way is that maybe just to play. So I've got different journals for different things. I've got one for the ordered and then I've got one for sort of more introspection and another one for dreams. Mm. And the, the, these three just live there. And depending on which one I need, I'll take out that one. So you've got to fit it with your personality. Yeah. 
And then the other thing, you know, I had never done Bujo until fairly recently. I'd always just done this longhand, and it was actually quite fun to have some of these trackers and the brain dump zone and the gratitude list. Mm. And um, I also encourage people to try different methods that they haven't done before, because maybe you just haven't got the one that clicks for you quite yet. I like that a lot. I like what you're saying, because I think what also puts people off is like, oh, no, I have to write in proper full sentences, page after page after page. So the bullet journaling is like, boom, 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 boom done um and i think nolene just have more compassion and understanding for yourself it will remove the stress um i had that phase as well there's a big patch in my life where i was not journaling and now it's back and it's also it also happens quite organically uh put them where i can see them for instance i've got them for different purposes as um uh, dr kalinda linda has been saying so it's meant to be fun and take the slog and hard work out of it (laughs) Yes. I like the idea of many different journals for different purposes. I'm going to give that a try. Yes. Enjoy. Thank you, Nolene. Um, so this afternoon, we're bringing you a masterclass on journaling, and we've been looking at the mental health benefits. We've started looking at one particular type of uh, a journal, which is the Bujo. What a cool name, bullet journaling. That's what it stands for. After this, we'll unpack some of the other types. There's uh, dream journaling and introspection. And I loved what Kalinda said. It's about the, the introspection one is about catching, containing and creating. And we'll take more of your journaling stories. 702 Masterclass 22 minutes to uh, 3 We've been in the throes of a masterclass about journaling Dr. Kalinda Linda Clinical psychologist has been guiding us Through the different types of journals That we could start to keep She'll be doing a masterclass um, on, on, She's been doing several masterclasses I should say Along with uh, Shirley Larkin um, On journaling And it's just fascinating to see uh, The different types And uh, what you can start to incorporate in your life Make it work for you Mpo, you've given us a call from uh, Ferenaheng. Hello. Hi, Azana and Yokastia. Are you good? Yes, we're good. And how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, just a comment and a question at the same time with regards to journaling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I started to do journaling about two, three years ago and because of where my life is in terms of personal issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I've got kids who are teenagers and which is a boy and a girl. And I somehow spoke to them about journaling as well, because I've seen the benefit of that in me. And funny enough, I've seen that it's only my girl who has taken my mm. advice to do the journaling, you know, whereas the boy who's also 18, is kind of not into writing and all of that. However, I've since also realized that it sounds like it's a female or it's a woman or female thing, because it's rare to see or hear men who does journaling. I might be wrong. But also with my friends that I talk to, it sounds like it's a taboo thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And also I am thinking about my high school days or my primary school days in my high school that mostly to be girls who will be doing the writing, you know, having yeah. their diaries. But it's not a male thing. You know, I just want to get a cycle behind that. Why is it a female-driven thing? Mm-hmm. And once again, I might be wrong, yes. but that's my observation. And but yeah, that's that's my comment basically. Paul, mm, I think many will agree with your observation. Um, so, uh, have you had men in your workshops, and why do you think uh, women gravitate to it more than men? I think that's a very good point. Um, you know, there are sometimes men, but much less. 
And I guess, you know, it's that old joke that the men are the strong silence and when they have a bonding session, it's how are you, oh, so, so, and you, yeah, the same, and that's kind of it. And, you know, there are lots of jokes like that where women yak, 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 yak. So I think women are socialized much more that, you know, we express verbally or in writing or long messages. And then, you know, I I know so many people where you send the man a long paragraph WhatsApp and you get back, okay. Mm. So, and I think the listeners may know what I'm talking about. So part of it is socializing. And then the other part is that some people prefer to do as opposed to write. And um, I don't know that men have always been taught to introspect in quite Mm. the same way. Mm. You know, that if a girl's sitting quietly writing, that seems okay. But if the boy is, people maybe look at him more sconce. So I'm very pleased that this caller brought this up because journaling is good for all humans of all ages and all everything. And the reason I say that is because we've all got thoughts to catch and contain or make sense of. And, you know, some people will do it in drawings. Some people don't really write but it's more in doodles or drawings or um, scrapbooking, and that's men and women. Mm. So, you know, the journey we're talking about is more words, but not everybody uses that as their primary way of communication. So I want us to be as flexible as possible here, whoever's listening. And good for you, the person who called in and who said he's a guy and he's journeying and he's proud to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, WhatsApp says, I have my mom's journals reflecting about her cancer journey over a decade. A part of her life she never verbally shared. Reading it brought healing after she had passed. I've since taken up journaling as a result. So there's the effects um, that a journal can have when someone leaves you their journals. It can quite be uh, it can be quite a healing tool. So let's look at dream journaling. Um, And why is this a popular one? Well, you know, let me first maybe just spend a minute or so explaining how dream works or how dreams work. So if you can imagine a big blender. Mm -hmm. So the centimeter at the top, so say it's a very big one. So the centimeter or so at the top is the conscious mind. And then we call everything else the subconscious. But I'm actually going to divide it into two. Mm. So there's the pre-conscious. So everybody who's listening right now, is aware of, you know, maybe birds, traffic, things like that outside, and thoughts and things floating around. That's the pre-conscious. And then the unconscious is not able to be accessed when we're awake. But when we go to bed at night, everything that happened to us today, from just a little billboard you saw to an important conversation, all of that, all of that gets dumped from the conscious into the pre-conscious and then down into the unconscious to be archived. Mm-hmm. And what happens is why, when we dream, it's really just that archiving process. But if you can imagine in this blender, at the top of that big, big section, which is the unconscious, there's some buoyant things. So imagine something floating up there, which is really emotional or unfinished things. So say, for example, you're driving down the road and you see a billboard that talks about a job, Hmm. something about a boss. And maybe five years ago, you kind of left a company not very nicely. There was a big fight with the boss. And then later on in the shops, you hear a song that reminds you of that time. Mm -hmm. So tonight when you're dreaming, you've got to process those things. And they may touch on that file about the old event that happened with the boss which maybe touches on the file about something that happened when you were young. And then that all mushes together into a weird dream. And so why am I telling you this? Because when we journal our dreams, you've got two ways to do it. The one would be just 
sporadically if you've got a, a very significant dream mm-hmm. or a very scary or distressing dream just get it out so mm-hmm. you can actually look at it or show somebody or just express it it just helps and then the other way to do it is you give yourself say 30 days and for these 30 days every single morning that you wake up you spend about 10 minutes just journaling what you dreamt and it's fascinating as a peek into your own mind you know, just to see, okay, this is what happened yesterday. I see where that showed up in a dream. But this other thing, what on earth? And then uh, there are many ways, many symbols we can look for in dreams. Yeah. My particular favorite are the Jungian symbols. Hmm. So, for example, if you dream about a house, that is always representative of your psyche. So are you expanding your house, building on? Or is there a new room in your house that you find in your dream that you didn't know about? Is it your childhood house? Who's in the house? Did you let them in? Did you want them in your house? And so that, it just becomes quite fun, you know, when you know some of the main symbols. Yeah. And, and you can then start really having fun with, oh, this happened in my house last night. And then one of the other big ones is water. Yeah. So in a Jungian context, when you dream about water, that's to do with emotion and to a lesser extent, the unconscious. So maybe you find yourself in deep water, but you're okay. Mm. Or maybe you don't want to go into the water because you're scared because what's in there. So you can see these two, the house and the water, which are big symbols, are already going to be something that you can use to make sense of what's going on in there. Yes, and kind of understand what is going on with you um, that is at a subconscious level. That's so fascinating. I'm sure we're going to get questions on certain symbols. Um, And as you said, this is from a union perspective, um, because in African spirituality as well, you know, dreams, things like water, certain animals and so on have a particular significance. So um, uh, whether whichever one you're going to lean on, on, you know, the principles that you can follow in trying to decipher your dreams. Um, And then finally, which seems to be the more popular this afternoon uh, from the feedback we're getting from our listeners, is the introspection, the the inner journey kind of journaling. Yes, yes. So what I said right at the beginning about the sea of language and then also the catching, containing, and less so about the creating, the catching containing is all about what's happening to us and sometimes we just need to get it down you know we feel that it's somehow important significant we never want to forget Mm. and i think through this last 12 months that we've had it's unprecedented and there have been many losses many learnings and many unexpected hidden gifts actually i've heard that from so many people and the people who've been just writing it down even if they don't want to formally call it journaling but people who've been writing it down to make more sense of it and not to forget. And those are the people who've had a lot of benefit. Now, it's not too late. We still have this whole month, and we can think, where was I last year in March? You know, mm-hmm. what was my life like before the 20-somethings, you know, before lockdown? And um, who was I? What was I doing with my time? Uh, what was I thinking about as my goals? So I would strongly recommend that this month, it's very pivotal a year later, to actually just for the rest of the month, you know, just jot down however many times a week you want to, maybe just a few, but definitely just, you know, make sense of this last 12 months in the form of words. Mm-hmm. I promise you it will be a very good thing to do. Well worth the effort. Yes. Yeah, so this is where we can literally be very descriptive, 
um, and just go long and page upon yes. page uh, yes. uh, where possible. Yeah. And as you've mentioned right at the beginning as well, the patterns, and you're quite right, that, you know, sometimes we, we can feel that something's significant. We make a note of it in the journal. And later on, we can see, hmm, this showed up again. Yeah. Mm, it showed up again. And that's when we can see the patterns. And, of course, when we write, we slow it down. Mm. So if we think of slow food versus takeout, you know, when you're cooking something from scratch versus just out of a packet, it's different. And so when you write, it slows down your thinking. There's something in the process that's mm. actually quite powerful. And um, that one really, it, it helps you make sense of you're writing by hand, you are using different parts of your brain, you know, the, the physical act of writing, the visual, seeing the words, um, hearing yourself think the words before you do it. That really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially if somebody is either an overthinker or if somebody's quite scattered in their thinking, you've got to slow down when you write it. Oh, I love that. So, as you and the value in slowing things down, I guess that comes back to the organization, the part about the benefits to helping us be more organized in our world. Yes, definitely. So, for the people who super ordered, that's where Bujo is quite nice because you, you're still introspecting yeah. because you're tracking it, but in a, a more ordered way. And then people who just like to write, just free flow, longhand, that's another way. And if you've always been the one kind, I've always been free flow. But I am quite ordered, so I was quite excited to try the Bujo. And it was a different experience and mm-hmm. gave me different info. Mm-hmm. And so if, if people are the other way around, yeah, so try the other one and just see what comes out. And then one other thing that you can do with the longhand, more introspection, um, and this is it's something I've seen before in different psychological books, is where you write with your non-dominant hand. Oh. So you can either do it from a creating point of view, you know, because the other hemisphere might have other things to say. Mm. And when I first heard this, I thought, but I have nothing to say with my left hand, but goodness, I pulled a page. <laughs> oh, wow. You sustained it for a whole entire page. Yeah. And okay. it just started writing, you know, but, oh, my word. Is so, it legible? <laughs> yes, yes. Not as neat, not as neat. But yes. It's a different part of your brain, so it's fascinating. And um, sometimes it's what we would call the inner child. So there mm-hmm. is a technique, but I say this with a disclaimer. You know, if you're not feeling stable, please don't do this alone. But um, you write with your right hand to little me, what do you need? And then with your other hand, your non-dominant hand, you write, too big me from little me I need and then you write and I've done that a few times and it's unbelievable you know with various people and the the inner child shall we say can give you a whole list of what it needs and it's very powerful very healing that sounds amazing delicious stuff you can do yes I've just been trying now as you're speaking to write in my left hand I'd have to try that a little bit more. Let's stay, uh, let's take a break. My guest is Dr. Kalinda Linda, and we're talking about journaling. They've been holding these masterclasses along with um, Shelley Larkin on journaling. We've heard of different types so far. Uh, what questions do you have? What questions remain in your mind about it? Give us a call or drop us a WhatsApp, 072-702-1702, and your calls on 011-883-0702. 702 Masterclass. 
And we're wrapping our masterclass this afternoon with Dr. Kalinda Linda, clinical psychologist. There are a couple of questions that have come in. Let's use the space to um, address them. Gejo says, please ask your guest if it's advisable to be completely honest in your journals, because what if they land into the wrong hands? That's Gejo's uh, concern. I think that that's the, the kind of horror movie for everybody, hey? Yeah. So what a lot of people do is that if there is something, say, that could be hurtful, then, you know, say you're angry with someone and you just want to get it out, sometimes I just write at the top of the page, I'm just journaling this to get my feelings out. So that's one way. Mm-hmm. And um, I know lots of people who actually burn their journals once a year. You know, that's okay, at the end of the year, that's mm. what I've done. Or they take out certain pages. And that's something later on, you know, maybe a few years later you can look back and if you feel, mm, this is something, I've moved from this, I can let go of this, then yes, you can definitely get rid of those pages if you want to. And it, it is realistic, you know, that sometimes things would cause upset or hurt or um, yeah, cause unhappiness to others if they read them. Yeah. And this is the paradox because you want to be able to do it without having to edit. So what I would normally recommend would be that um, you don't edit, you know, or maybe you, you kind of edit or get rid of the horrible stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the hurtful ones. Maybe you don't even put them in a journal. Just have a separate one that maybe you get rid of once a year or write that on a piece of paper. And then when it's more how did you feel about the thing that happened, mm-hmm. then that might be safer to put down. Okay. It's a more generic answer. Yes. Uh, here's a response to the earlier call from Mpo about men journaling. Oh, I think women are just uh, more expressive, you know, I've, I've also never seen any guy who does like journaling, you know, also with me, I don't, I'm not a reader, but I, I prefer to listen, um, I'd rather have an audio book than an actual book and read it. So there, just some differences in how we communicate. Lydia has sent us a WhatsApp and she wants to know about, um, she had a dream. She wants to know about with uh, a dream about your aunt, your late aunt or grandfather or a brother um, giving you something like car keys, money or a house. Is it a good thing? Um, She wants to know as as far as dream symbols are concerned. Yeah. You know, it's not about good or bad. It's about what it means to you. Mm-hmm. So I already I heard giving, you know, this person giving something to you. So what are they giving you? Are they giving you a good habit, a bad habit? Are they giving you a wisdom piece of advice? So there are the universal symbols. But uh, like for some people, a parent might be their wisdom. For other people, it might be the person who traumatized them. Right. So you've got to look at who that person was or is to you mm. and then look at, at that symbol in that context. Okay. So it's not good or bad. It's just what does it mean? Yes. And then another one says, I keep dreaming about a baby. Does this mean that I'm going to have a baby? <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes it's if it's on your mind, you know, if you're at a certain age and you're thinking, do I want to? Other times it's to do with your inner child. Mm-hmm. All the symbols at the end of the day are really to do with us. Right. You know? And so it could be, is the baby happy? Is it not happy? Is it hungry? Is it getting enough nurturing? Is it mm. So always interpret it through the lens of, well, this is my dream, my symbols. Yeah. Not some other baby or other this, that. Yes. So let's get those details. Where do we find out about the different workshops you'll be holding? You can find us on Instagram. It's probably the best way. Okay. 
so you can they can go to thoughts first so the word thoughts and then the number first or they can go to jewelry experience okay. and between those two they'll definitely find us oh wonderful so direct and uh, um, effortless thank you thank you so much for this masterclass we will put it up as a podcast Lovely. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That's Dr. Colinda Linda, clinical psychologist running these journaling workshops. Instagram, go to thoughts first. Um, use the number one. And that's where you can find out more about uh, journaling and the workshops that they will be holding. One says, I, male, journal all the time. It's great. Like Mr. Belvedere. It's so good for my soul. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. And most importantly, thank you for listening. Enjoy the afternoon.